Hello fellow riders, this is your host Rusty James. It is Friday, October 13th, 2017, and this is The Ride. Good morning, good morning, good morning, it is a Friday! Friday, Friday! I'm loving my Fridays. Had a great night's sleep last night. Had to work a little bit late. Had a chance to talk with my kids, which I haven't had a chance to do in a couple days. It was nice. Take advantage of the times you've got. I'm realizing if you've got teenagers, you've got limited time. So make the most of it. Anyway... Had good sleep, had some crazy whacked out dreams, tell you a little bit about one later, but as I was listening to the Word of God this morning, read to me by Max McLean on the Bible Gateway app, the verse of the day was the one from Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you, you know that one? I know the plans for you. Uh, Of course, I don't have it memorized. That would be silly. Why would I do that? I should do that. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you. You know that one. I'm pulling it up. Since I don't have it in my brain, I'm pulling it up right now. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. You really ought to read the whole chapter you find that in. That's in Jeremiah 29. I believe that sentiment, or if you're not quite wordly wise I believe that sediment is what uh, God has for us but this scripture speaks to a people that are in a particular situation so it's always good to understand the context the scripture is found in and I was doing that today now many of you know that the Israelites were put into captivity by Babylon and brought to Babylon. And this scripture is Jeremiah speaking the word of the Lord to them, letting them know that, hey, you know what? I've still got plans for you and I'm going to prosper you, even through this crazy time you're in. And let's not forget about our history. That's okay. But let's live in the day. God says, I know I mentioned this in another podcast, but God says, settle down. Maybe not quite like that, but he said, settle down and have families, give your children in marriage, eat the crops that are there. Don't listen to the crazy Babylonian soothsayers and prophets. In other words, live your life. And yeah, you're in a weird situation, but Trust me, I'm going to give you hope. That's what that's all about. And I believe that that 
truth is true for us today. We happen to be in a captive society. Oh yeah, we're captive. The chains of sin have bound us, or our minds, but they've been broken. But sometimes we see those chains sitting around the ground, broken off of us, and we say, give me those chains. Let me wrap them around my neck. That's what we do. We take what the Lord has already finished, and we kind of say, you know, I would rather be my own Lord, and I'm going to live my own life. And I forget the fact that God did that thing in the past. Sometimes we treat that thing in the past like there's no value to it. But there is value to it. The other day, I was feeling the need to clean. I have seen so many of those hoarder shows that I'm starting to get a little paranoid about, you know making sure I don't let that happen to me. My wife is a strong supporter of not letting hoarding activities happen in our house. So she's rubbing off on me. I'm glad it's that direction and and not... I'm not saying I'm a hoarder, but I'm glad it's not that I would be rubbing off on her. Because I really don't want to have a bunch of stuff Stuff weighs you down, physically and mentally and emotionally. Let it go, man. Let it go. And I was going through a box of, you know, because you got shoe boxes full of junk. I was going through a box and found an old Bookman. Looks like a little calculator. The brand was Bookman, I'm pretty sure. It's a Bible. And it's on a little calculator-looking thing. has little cartridges in the back that you can, you know, either have a Bible or you can buy these, you know, $100 cartridges to make it into, like, a medical dictionary or all those different things. And it was, like, the coolest thing at one point. Here's something that's from my past that doesn't have a value anymore. And it truly doesn't. Who knew that we'd have phones that we could speak into and make a podcast and have it read the Bible to you? Who knew? Oh, and have a GPS and a million other things. Who knew that was coming? But back in the day, that bookman was like the thing. And I was looking at it, and it was still working. Batteries were still good in it. And it still showed me the one or two or maybe even four lines of scripture on a little LCD black on gray screen. And I'm thinking, I got my hand in my pocket on my cell phone and I'm holding this thing in my other hand and I'm thinking, what what do I need this for? I don't actually need this for anything. Nobody else is going to either. It it got chucked. I probably could have gotten $10 on eBay. It's not worth... It wasn't worth it for me. My dream was somewhat related to this. 
I don't know what the Lord's trying to say to me, but my dream was about my first house. I could see it clear as day, really. And it gives me it gives me goosebumps right now to think about it because it was so clear. But what was happening to my house? So maybe I should set the set the picture. My first house was an old farmhouse, a couple stories tall, and it was just me living there. And I had a roommate at one point for just a short time, just to share the expenses. Another uh, college um, guy that was doing—I don't—I forget what his major was, but somebody met at a church, and then, uh, and then that time was done. And then that was about the time that I got married, and my wife and I lived in that house for a little bit. But I'm transported to that house in the dream and a friend of mine who I didn't know had anything to do with building is there and he's the contractor and he's got my house torn the heck up I mean like the front half of the house is gone and he's going to be redoing it adding on correcting things changing the wiring making it safe so what I got out of that was this this person that I remembered who was my contractor here I think was playing the role of Jesus you know he wasn't in my dream he wasn't God Almighty in the clouds this was Jesus he was working alongside me fixing my house I think what got me kind of right in the heart about this thing is that I thought that I was done with that house. I've been in four houses since. But that's the house that the dream was about. So somehow that was part of me and still is part of me. Makes sense. Your first house sets the memories up, you know. And here is this character, this Jesus character, fixing my house, making it safe. And I looked around the house and where the work was being done, all of the stuff had been moved from those rooms and into rooms that had yet to be corrected. So I could see all my stuff. I could see all my garbage. I was looking over it. I felt ashamed. I saw the stuff was stuff that you wouldn't want your mom to see. It was mistakes. It was sin right out there in the open. And the the more I think about it, it's like God had Jesus helping me clean my house, correct my house, build my house, make it safe. And I'm hoarding all these little things from my past that maybe aren't my past. Maybe they're remnants, memories that I don't want to let go of. Thoughts that I don't want to release. And I've kind of compartmentalized them into areas 
that God isn't correcting yet. That's what I saw. And it was so vivid. It's so vivid. And I can tell you, you know me. I'm just like you. I was looking at some of the stuff that I should maybe be ashamed of. And I was kind of secretly wondering, I wonder if he's going to clean this room next. I wonder where I can stash that thing away so he won't find it. So back to our story. I'm, I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but I promise this thing is going to tie right up together. Remember that scripture in Jeremiah? Do you know why God was saying, I have plans to prosper you? It's because they were captive, but he wanted them to settle down, settle in, follow him even in their captivity, and he would bring them out. 70 years. They were going to be there. He was going to bring them out. The fascinating thing is, if you listen to the scripture and keep keep reading that chapter, God is telling them through Jeremiah that those that didn't get captured and brought to Babylon, they were back in Palestine or wherever they were. Probably not Palestine, but wherever the Jews were, wherever they had been, some of them were still there. And they were going to be... If you thought it was bad in Babylon, you didn't want to be where they were. It's kind of like God protected the group that went to Babylon, even though they were captured. So here's the thing. Yes, we're in a society where we could fall captive to the chains of sin. But God's with us. So settle down, live your life, and don't listen to the prophets of the land. But listen to God's prophets. Don't worry about where you came from and you know how good it might be there, because you know what? It wasn't. Jeremiah reminded them that, you know what? You might think it was better back there, but trust me, you don't want to be back there right now. So when it comes to the things in our past, the things that keep coming up, like in my dream, the stuff that I was hoarding, the memories and and sin that I was hoarding in my mind, they keep coming up. You don't want to bring them into the new land. What really should have happened there is they should have been cleaned out with the garbage trucks, with all of that house that was being rebuilt. That's a good metaphor because God is building us a house couple houses. He's rebuilding what we live in now, and he's got one in heaven. Let's not focus too much energy on the one in heaven yet. We're still alive and kicking here. So like that bookman thing that I had in my hands that really offered me no value. Sorry, Mom, I think that was a gift from you. It's been a few years. Just like that, a lot of these things that are in our past, these... these uh, memories that really haunt us you need to be let go you need to give them to the lord we have a lot of regrets i understand talked about that recently let them go you've got a lot of things that are hidden in your closet skeletons if you will you need to let them go they don't have a power over you anymore it's amazing how much power we give things that are really powerless Let them go. 
And even the physical things, I want to encourage you, if you haven't used a thing for a while, and if it's a valuable thing or a usable thing, man, find somebody who could use it. Give it to them. It's amazing how you will feel when you do that. It's almost like a a spiritual weight has been taken off when you just release something, even a physical thing. We say we know where our help comes from. Our help comes from the Lord, not from things. The fewer things in our life, the easier it is to have to trust on the Lord. You know, I'll mention this. I have this reoccurring dream, since we're on the subject of dreams and houses. I have this reoccurring dream. It's kind of boggled my mind a bit. It's a house that I don't ever remember living in. But whenever I get reminded of that dream, because I've had that dream about this particular house over and over through the years, I know God is trying to say something to me. And maybe this is something that I need to let go. But the house is there. It looks fine on the outside, but it's really ominous when you go inside. It's not because it's scary, but there's a presence there. And it's not a good presence. And in the dream, most of the time I'm viewing this house, and it looks fine on the outside. And I'm well aware there's a room in that house. And it has a lot of books in it. That's one thing I remember about it. It has a lot of books. It's a room that no one would know is there. Kind of like behind a secret door kind of thing. And in order to get into that room, you have to kind of squeeze through. And there's not a lot of room in that space. But there, it's loaded with books. And I don't think it's, you know, the kind of books. It's not bad books. It's, it's, but I think what I, I sense is that it's information that just clouds the mind. It doesn't bring clarity. It just brings dissension within your own mind. And that room is there and it's calling to me. It's calling to me. And most of the time I'm, I'm in my dream looking at that house. It's a bright yellow. Like It just doesn't indicate there's anything sinister about it. But if you go into it, into that space where those books are, the dissenting views of things. I know that it's death to me. I, I don't know, it's maybe just cathartic to bring it up for, for my own self, to finally mention it, because I don't think I've ever really told anybody about that. And maybe that's just a story that might help you deal with something you're going through. I know for me, it reminds me that they're still out there, even though I'm saved and a believer and know my destiny that there's still things out there calling me that could bring death to me and when I say death I'm talking about removal of life so as I'm closing today I want us to take an inventory of what we have in our house in our physical house in our mental house our emotional house What do we have there? Are we hoarding stuff that shouldn't be there? Are we desiring stuff that's not there, but it's not good? Am I I trying to 
gain knowledge for the sake of gaining knowledge only to be confused? We should really take an inventory of this because it truly is part of who we are. But I want to be counted in the family of God and I want that to be who I am. So these things shouldn't have control over me, shouldn't have control over you. They're just things. They're thoughts and they're very strong, but God's stronger. Lord, help us to release these things that might have more control over us than we may consciously know. And help us to release them into your all-knowing hands so we're not tripped up anymore. Thank you, Lord, that we can speak with you anytime, any day. And thank you for being our help. And thank you for giving us a hope for our future. Amen. All right, my friends, you stay in the Word of God. You live in peace and pray for those who persecute you. You got stuff, and you got stuff that's overwhelming, then release it. I give you permission. And whether you're a child of Israel in Babylon or a child of God in the town you live in, know this, you have a future and you have a hope. And I will see you on the flip.